in a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. It is officially spring. I'm going to just declare it. I know our weather decides different things at different times, and if you're in the South, just I get it. You don't have to keep rubbing it in our faces. But I know my friends in Alaska had snow today. And in Wisconsin, we had snow today. And it's just kind of disheartening every once in a while. But after the snow comes spring. And in spring, one of the things that is always on my adventure list is waterfalls. Because eventually, the snow will melt and we will create an abundant flow of water or the you know, the mountains will start to melt down and we'll see the water flows and the, yeah, it's, it becomes pretty magical. There's also the beginning of wildflowers. And so I'll touch a little bit on that. But today's episode, we're going to focus on chasing waterfalls. But I'm also going to put a lens of on tourism on it. So to get this episode started, you need to know, if you don't know this already, one of my nature crushes is waterfalls. I get gaga. Like I hear there's a waterfall and I'm like, I got to go. I just, I can't help it. I have to go. I have to go see it. And my family thankfully enjoys them as well. But one of the things I'm always looking for is something unique, something different, something that's a little off the beaten path. And that's what I think is fun about finding different waterfalls is usually there's some effort that's required. There's a little bit of a journey. So I did a fun little experiment the other day because as I was thinking about my seasonal list of places we want to go or things we want to do, I was searching for waterfalls. And when I, I just kind of did a search, best waterfalls. And wouldn't you know it, you get the epic, most touristy locations of all. So I'll just give you the list. I did my search and the 10 best well-known water, and I didn't search for well-known, but I just said the 10 best waterfalls in the United States, or I said the best waterfalls or something. And the ones that came up and by the way, I might mispronounce these, so just give me a little bit of grace. But the ones that came up were Multnomah Falls in Oregon, which there's probably, I think I read like there's 163. No, there's more than that. There's 100 waterfalls within driving distance of Portland. I think there's something like 400 waterfalls in Oregon. So clearly there are other ones to visit that probably need to be on your list. The Bridalville Falls of Yosemite came up, which by the way, another fun fact, do you know that there are 26 states that have Bridal Veil waterfalls in their state? Which means that Bridal Veil Falls is a very common name for a waterfall. There's like something like 40 Bridal Veil Falls in the United States. I thought that was an interesting fact. Sorry, random thoughts. The other ones that came up were Lower Falls, Yellowstone River, and the Yellowstone River, Niagara Falls, of course, Shoshone Falls in Idaho, Havasu Falls in Arizona, Cumberland Falls in Kentucky, Snoqualmie Falls in Washington, and I think that's it. I don't think that's 10. I must not have written them all down. Either way, there was not one on that list that surprised me. They were all very well-known locations. 
So that's where you have to start to use the tactics of untourism. And untourism is a tactic that I, it's not something I've coined or copyrighted, or it's just a term I use that helps to describe off the beaten path, hidden gems, or what it's like to experience the community and the culture from a local perspective. When I thought about how could I find waterfalls in these same states that might be a little less well known, there might not be as many people, or they might only be known to the locals. They may not be populating Instagram in the same amount of numbers. So I went on this little mission to find some other waterfalls. And I want to take you on this journey with me because this is at an essence, the beauty behind untourism. Untourism is a way, and I have an entire guide to untourism. So if you go to ordinarysherpa.com backslash untourism, you can get the free beginner's guide to an untourism experience. And it'll walk you through what the difference is between untourism and tourism and start to also give you some glimpses what happens when you travel like an untourist and some beginning resources on how to curate and cultivate untourism-like experiences. So on my little journey, I decided that I'm going to try to use the same states and see if I can find a couple of waterfalls that might be more the untourist style. It's not an easy way to go about this. This takes definitely a little bit more research and a little bit of problem solving because you have to think differently. And I do that sometimes by connecting with my network of who do I know that might have connections in this location. So one of the first places I went was to the Ordinary Sherpa Facebook group because these are people who are interested in everyday adventures. They're likely people who have experiences traveling around the country and come from different locations. And so I asked some of my groups, some of my Facebook members, some of my peers, just to give some insight into what are some of your favorite waterfalls. And that led me also to some keyword searches on Google or other places that help me really refine what is it that's unique about what I'm looking for. So I looked for things like underrated waterfalls or hidden gems or hidden waterfalls that most people don't know about. Some of those things are just different ways to look for potential opportunities. And I'll highlight a couple of them. So if we start in New York, if you think Niagara Falls is close to Buffalo, I just went with the state of New York as an example. And I came up with two that I thought might be worthy and actually are going to go on my list. So one is Watkins Glen. That is near Finger Lakes. There's also Leavenworth, State Park has a ton of waterfalls that seems like it needs to go on the list. And Ithaca Falls were three that came up for me in New York. (laughs) Of course, I go on the research rabbit hole and I found all these different hikes too. So then from there, I look at some of my favorite apps on where could we stay in that area? What hikes might be family friendly? Again, I reach out to my network to see who else has been there. All of those things kind of go into the list. If I look at another one, so Shoshone Falls in Idaho, I again started looking in Idaho and I came up with Mesa Falls in Ashton, Idaho. Idaho is one of those hidden gems, I think, in as a state. And Idaho probably doesn't want me to share this because I know they've seen an influx of tourists and there's pros and cons to that. But Mesa Falls was one that I've been on a number of waterfall journeys and this was completely new on my list. So I knew I had to put it down and just explore it a little bit further. 
If we go to Havasu Falls, that is one I think that has taken over Instagram. If you haven't seen it, it's gorgeous. It is on a reservation and it takes a little bit of hiking to get there. So I looked for one that was completely different. And I always like it when I find one that has pictures that gives me some insights into what I might expect when I go there. Is it going to offer an adventure? Is it too much of an adventure? Because remember, I'm still traveling with children. So our limit for a hike is usually about five miles. That's pretty far because we're still talking. Usually it's a round trip. So the one I found was Seven Falls near Tucson, and that is in the Sabino Canyon recreation area. And that just looked like a fun Again, it was something I've been to Tucson. I've been to Saguaro National Park. And so I was surprised when I found this one. I was like, oh my gosh, why did I not go there the last time we were there? I always love it when I come across a surprise on the list. And one of them that I was not expecting to find was the state of Alabama. I don't know much about Alabama. So when I started to find a waterfall there that is definitely going on my list, it it shocked me. And I love that about this research and this mindset of untourism is that sometimes you may not know a lot about these locations and it forces you to dig deeper. So Alabama surprised me with the DeSoto State Park has a pretty gorgeous waterfall that I'm going to have to add to the list. The location that probably will get on your list if you are a waterfall crush guru traveler like I am is Hawaii. So I'm pretty excited. I think there is probably a waterfall hike in our future every other day when we visit the islands of Hawaii. And there are so many to list there that, again, if we can go off the beaten path, I'm always intrigued when I can find options that are a little less touristy. And I'm I'm attracted to the ones, too, that say, well, this is a tourist location. So to avoid the groups, take this path. And those are some of my favorites. So now let me feature just a couple of things I look for when I am exploring which waterfalls get on the list. First is what is that experience going to be like? So there are a lot of different things to look for in a waterfall. Some of them are high and have roaring water and massive falls. You know, everything from a 300 foot fall to the more delicate platform falls. And one of the things that's fun, I like both. I don't I don't discriminate. I love all waterfalls equally. Not true, actually. I love waterfalls, but they offer different experiences. One of the things that's kind of fun is when you're going with kids, it's nice if they can have a reward at the end of our hike. And so depending on how far the hike is, I will sometimes explore. We throw water shoes in or Crocs or whatever it is so that they can play in the water once we get there, because that's a little bit of the reward is getting to do something once you're there, as opposed to just sitting and looking at the waterfall. Another thing I look for, I think I mentioned already, is how far of a hike is it? Are there other things that we could pack in our bags that could make it more enjoyable once we're there? You know, every once in a while, we'll throw the hammock in or something like that, just to kind of make it a little more of an experience. The other thing I look for is parking. How are we going to get there? Is there a parking lot? Is there something that I need to be aware of on the logistics side just to get to the waterfall? Safety is another feature that I look for. Is it safe to walk there? Is it going to be muddy? I always try to find, especially leading up to our adventure to the waterfall, is what are the trail conditions like? And so if I can go to an app like All Trails or something like that, usually people will post reviews, maybe even pictures of the quality or the conditions of the trail, and that's helpful. A lot of times with waterfalls, you have to be careful because 
depending on what the recent weather conditions have been, the trails might be wet and slippery. Again, perfectly fine if you know that going into it, but nobody wants to be surprised with a really slippery excursion. Having This one isn't critical, but it's something I consider. Having been a professional photographer, there are also considerations I take, such as what the lighting will be like. Is it is the waterfall best experienced at a certain time of day? Is there a sunset involved? Is sun, you know, those types of considerations. High noon is not always the best time to be going to a waterfall just because it the white, the brightness and the light, the way it shines on the waterfall might not offer the best exposure. So sometimes I consider what the lighting might be like at that time of day. And again, that's that's going down the rabbit hole. If I really think I want a photo of it, what are the considerations? Photography does have some aspect that does influence my choice too on when we go and what angle I'm looking for if I'm going to pack a certain lens because again, I don't always want to be carrying my big camera gear. In fact, I do it less and less these days as I try not to have to carry a ton of gear because usually I'm carrying snacks and things for the trip or activities once we get there. So the camera gear is slowly getting less attention in my pack around these trails. Another consideration as I'm planning the experience is I like to know what else is in the area. So is the waterfall and the hike to the waterfall going to be the highlight? Or is that something that might be a little harder for me to convince my kids to do when I have to have a secondary reward after the waterfall? And then I kind of decide which one we're going to do first. It's important to also know what the weather conditions are, not necessarily for the hike, but just the season that you are in. Spring generally tends to be a really high flow waterfall experience or trying to time your visit to the waterfall near a rainstorm. And I don't know that I'd want to be there during a rainstorm, but after a rainstorm, it's one of those things that I keep in mind. If I look at the weather and I see that there's going to be a rainstorm, I try to tackle a waterfall after the rainstorm just because the flow of the waterfall might be a little bit more intriguing. I have had a couple of experiences in Wisconsin. There's a couple of waterfalls. There's quite a few, actually. And we went to one of them, Amnikin Falls, which is a state park. And our friends raved about it. They were so excited and they were super excited to have us go there. And we got there and there was just a slight trickle. <laughs> and they're like, wait, what happened? It was amazing the last time we were here. Well, the challenge was it was a drought year and we visited in August. So the waterfall did not have the same properties of what their experience was. So generally speaking, waterfalls go on our spring list or when there is a lot of winter melt or mountain melt in the works. In northern states such as Alaska, you can pretty much see a waterfall throughout the summer just because of how their season works. And actually, if you get there in spring, you may not see any waterfalls. So it kind of has to do with the climate as well as a consideration and a key factor in planning your trip and your experience. I guess I'll leave you with three underrated waterfalls that you may not have heard of that you might just want to explore in terms of putting them on your list and having a unique experience. I gave you a couple earlier on. Since I have so many listeners from Northeast Wisconsin, I thought I'd throw a Wisconsin underrated waterfall on the list just because we had a really good experience. The first one would be in Northeast Wisconsin will be Wakiwek Falls, and it is just outside of Green Bay. I'm going to post on it in Instagram so you can see where it's located and the type of experience we had. It was glorious. I think we visited last May. So you can get a sense of what that experience looked like on Instagram. 
One that's probably well known, but it's still on our all time favorite list is MacArthur Bernie Falls in Northern California near Mount Shasta. That was just a really fun. I had no idea that that existed in the United States. The wall of waterfalls on top of waterfalls on top of waterfalls. And then you travel or you hike to the top and see what you know, is creating this massive waterfall. And it's this like unassuming river. <laughs> That's It's so shocking. It's also just got a great environment. There's some cool boulder areas and you hike a portion of the PCT trail if you choose to do the loop. It's really intriguing. And the last one I will leave you with was a falls hike that we did just a couple of weeks ago in Asheville, North Carolina. It is located in DuPont State Park, and it was Triple Falls. There's four or five good waterfalls in DuPont State Park. The Triple Falls is nice because they have a staircase that goes right down to the falls, and you can get pretty close to it. They do have it roped off, so you're not in danger. But it was a really fun experience to see, and I believe that is also the home to several movie sets, uh, such as Last of the Mohicans and The Hunger Games, I heard. So be worthy. It's always kind of fun to see your favorite waterfalls show up in different places or see pictures of it. And we always connect with those movies on a deeper level. So that's always kind of a fun follow up too with your family if you've been to one of those places. I hope this episode just gives you a little insight to think differently on what on tourism might look like in your life or how to plan experiences, how to find some underrated locations such as waterfalls in the spring. And maybe have a unique experience that offers some different perspectives, whether it be wildflowers along the trail or just a different type of historical context or a movie set or something that you can relate to after the fact. If you are interested in exploring this deeper, we are offering a free beginner's guide to untourism experiences. If you go to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash untourism, that's U-N-T-O. U-R-I-S-M. Again, OrdinarySherpa.com backslash on tourism. You can get that free guide and download it. I also encourage you to join the Ordinary Sherpa Facebook group. There has been a lot of interaction based on locations or things that you might be looking for that could also help nurture your untourism experience. So again, that is Facebook.com backslash groups backslash Ordinary Sherpa. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. I know you have a precious amount of time and I'm so grateful that you shared just a little bit of it with me today. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.